This week on Sexually Woke with Dr. Susan, I'm speaking again with life coach Meg Ellis, owner of Phoenix 8 Consulting here in Houston. And we're talking about manifesting, having the life you want, and what that has got to do with resistance in our mind. Hi, everyone, and thanks for joining us on this week's episode of Sexually Woke with me, Dr. Susan. And I'm joined again today with my friend, Meg Ellis, who's a regular on the show. Hi, Meg. Hi. It's so great to be back. I'm I'm a little rusty today. I'm overcoming some bronchitis. So oh, <laughs> we're going to get thing. through it. We'll get through it. You know, these days when you cough or sneeze, you have to say, I don't have COVID, but she doesn't have COVID. I know. A sore throat. I know. It was, it was crazy. I, daily. Taking a COVID test, just the paranoia is real, but yeah. Well, I'm glad you feel better. And I know your voice is a little squeaky, but what you have to say is still really amazing. So if you scroll down to the previous podcast that we've done, uh, Meg and I have talked several times here before about different things. And we just wanted to get into one of these topics a little bit more. As you remember, Meg is a coach with her own company called Phoenix 8 Consulting here in Houston. And so she and I talk a lot about coachy type stuff. And one of the episodes we recorded earlier on was about resistance, trust, and fear. So we've been working with this idea of resistance and then how that concept leads into a really cool concept Meg's going to tell us about manifesting which all sounds kind of witchy. I know, perfect for October, right? <laughs> yeah, but it's really real. And so yeah. um, this stuff shows up all the time. So in the previous podcast, because Meg and I both do a lot of different kinds of crazy exercise stuff, I often use metaphors related to exercise, you know, particularly soul cycle, because Meg's a soul cycle instructor, when it comes to talking about resistance. But what we're really talking about is the resistance that we have in our minds, right? To, yes. to getting what we want. Is that what it's about? Yes. I mean, yeah, we are actually resisting getting what we want with our minds. And I know in our previous episodes, we've always talked about the soul cycle bikes and the resistance and you control the resistance on the bike throughout the class. Um, and we've always talked about bikes that don't move, but you have a story and I'm so curious about it. I saw some pictures. You just went to France on a bike that actually does move. <laughs> so yes. tell us more about that whole experience. Yeah, this was um, a bucket list thing for me. I don't know if anybody else listening to this podcast is a Tour de France follower, but I love all things about cycling. And so on the Tour de France is a really famous climb called Mont Ventoux, which is in Provence. And it's really, really steep and it's really, really long. And so crazy people who like cycling, they just think they might ride a bike up it, which is quite incredibly difficult to think about because it's, uh, depending which way you go, it's about 13 miles of like incredibly steep with no break whatsoever. Crazy. And you can't stop because if you stop, you'll fall off. Yeah. Uh, so that's just a good point. <laughs> the, so, and that takes somebody like me about two and a half hours and you can't stop. So, um, anyway, you, cause you're used to doing your Ironman, which is how many in a half Ironman, how many miles is that bicycling? Yeah. I mean, a half Ironman, you know, so it's different. It's 56 miles or a whole one is uh, longer than that, but it's not, you don't get 13 miles of riding up. So this is completely different territory for you. Right. It, it's like the five minutes or so that we do have really difficult high resistance cycling and soul cycle, but it lasts for two and a half hours. So oh my gosh. anyway, um, I was thinking about something that Meg said while I was riding my bike up this mountain, which, oh, good. which I did too. 
And um, so in a class a while ago, Mike challenged us, and I was there listening, to think about when we're about to give up, and just say it's on a bike, or maybe it's anything that you're doing in life. So this is, uh, we're talking about bikes, but we're, it's a metaphor for everything in life. At the point that we're about to quit, to say, I can't do it, I, I can't do it anymore, I'm, I'm done, I'm, I'm going to stop, I'm finished, I can't do it. Where is that voice coming from? Is it is it your mind that says that first, or is it actually your body? And I thought that was such an interesting question, mm -hmm. because for almost all of us, I think, the voice first happens in our mind. Um, and, and our mind is saying, I can't do this anymore, but but actually we can. Like if, if we find that inner strength or whatever it is to keep going, we find we can keep going much longer than we thought. So in bicycle terms, yeah, about a mile into this thing, I was like, I can't do this. I would, there's no mm -hmm. way I can do this for yeah. two and a half hours. I, my legs are on fire. I'm like looking up and there's just nothing but up for as far as I can see. My and I, I thought about that question and I realized my mind was telling me to stop but my body actually could keep going. So I just you know, kept going a little bit further. I'd go to the next corner and then I'd go to the next corner and so on and so on. And so after doing that for quite a long time, I actually got to the top. But um, So put this together for us. I think that's such an interesting question. So ever since you said that, I have been noticing in my life when I think I need that I'm going to stop doing something. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's too hard or I'm, I'm going to quit. I can't do it. You know, where is that voice coming from? Right. And it's like, where, where does that actually come from? Because most of the time it's, it's not physical. It's, it's mental. And in anything that you're doing, if you're bicycling in a class or up a mountain or, or anything that you do on your daily life and you reach, you reach a stopping point. And, and I'm just wondering like, where does that stopping point come from? What has to happen? Where it's like, no more, no more. Is it, um, it's definitely mental. Is it something trying to keep you safe? Is it doubt in yourself? Is it not trust? You know, we we talk about trust a lot. And I think it it really just comes down to your mind is just so powerful. And you can create your own experience, your whole experience, meaning your your life, in your mind. And you really can. And I know this is where the woo-woo witchy start to come out. But, um, and that's kind of when I, I wanted to link the resistance to manifesting. And I don't know, what, what do you know about manifesting, Dr. Susan? Well, I know a little bit about what you have told me. I, I like the idea that we can create, and I believe this is true, that we do create our own future. One of Meg's taglines is create your fate. We, we do create our own future with our thoughts and by what we choose to pay attention to. So that's something I've been aware of ever since I started studying meditation because that's a really mm -hmm. important um, lesson in meditation that we can choose where to put our attention. Right. And I, I think that that all goes together because I've been thinking about this this metaphor. Let's go back to this biking up this mountain. The day before the ride, because I didn't take my own bike, you know, went to rent a bike and they've got these really fancy bikes you can they're not e-bikes. You actually got to ride them, but they're they're nice bikes because, you know, you have to have a nice bike. Right. Yeah. If you're going up a mountain for 13 miles. Yeah. So I'm at the bike shop and um, the guy's showing me this bike that I, I had previously chosen and getting it fitted for my size and all of those things. And 
I had a panic attack. I, I started crying and said, I'm not doing it. I, I was because you could see the mountain mm-hmm. from this bike mm-hmm. shop. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and I could also see the people coming back who had ridden it that day. And they were all men. And they were all about 30. And they all looked like they'd been on the Tour de France themselves. Yeah. And I'm like, this so is you're not. You're starting to psych yourself out. I'm like, this is not for me. I'm a 54-year-old woman. I'm a, you know, I'm. I do some cycling, but not like this. I've never ridden this bike before. I've never ridden yeah. up a hill like this. I literally was crying, and I said, I can't. I'm not going to do it. I'm not, I'm not going. I'm not going to do it. And then I sort of breathed and walked around for a while and was able to calm myself down. But that that came into play then. I was thinking, you know, where where is that coming from? Like, mm-hmm. where is that voice saying that I can't do it? So now, fast forward, I actually did do it so that that voice was amazing not congratulations true. well thank thank you but the voice wasn't true so right. these, these voices that tell us that we can't do things most of the time are not true and so I think that's such a great lesson to not tune into that voice mm-hmm. and like buy into it because it isn't true now sometimes it's true there's a point at which you cannot physically keep going so if you've done something like an Ironman or something like that there's a point when you actually reach that point but very few of us actually experience that mm-hmm. um, we stop way before that yeah. And so it's just fascinating to me how much more humans can do than we think. Oh, yeah. I think it's all about the mindset. And, and what you talked about meditation is meditation is is just directing your thoughts towards one certain place, whether it be a thing that you're focusing on, the day, a feeling. But you are tuning out all of the noise and really just bringing your mind to a place where you can actually hear yourself, right? And that's um, kind of goes, it pairs with manifesting, where if you're not familiar with manifesting, manifesting actually means to make happen. So, you know, where did this come from? Um, I'm going to be explaining it from the law of attraction standpoint, if you're familiar with what the law of attraction is. But the law of attraction is basically a universal principle that states you will attract into your life whatever you focus on, wherever you give your energy. That's where your attention goes, and that's what's going to come back to you. So, and that's just so that is so true, isn't it? Because there's mm-hmm. a, there's a countless things that we could pay attention to. The things we pay attention to direct the course of our life, mm-hmm. and that's just so true. And you know, I learned that in meditation, and then I you know get to practice with it every day. If, you know, if I had paid attention to that negative voice, I wouldn't have continued. Right. You know, it's a big deal. I would have missed riding up a mountain, but that could be a really big deal if it's something to do with achieving something that you really want in mm-hmm. your life. Right. I mean, and it, it could be simple things. It doesn't have to be climbing up a mountain. It could be having a conversation with somebody that you're in a relationship with, right? Oh, the difficult conversations. Yes. Yeah. Oh, they're terrible. And like, mm-hmm. they're, they're, they the feel dread terrible. And, right. You yeah. know? And so, the law of attraction basically says to manifest something means you visualize your desire and harness the power of your imagination to make it a reality. So in short, you can make your dreams come true, right? And if that doesn't resonate with you, I'm going to say it in a little bit different way that maybe you've experienced. You always find what you look for. Yeah. Right? That's true. If you're going into a conversation with someone and you go in and you're thinking about, hey, they're going to act this way. This is going to be the outcome. You will subconsciously direct it towards that outcome. That's the outcome you will attract because that's what you're focused on. If you are saying, hey, I'm never going to be able to do this crazy mountain bike ride, and that's all, that's the biggest voice that you're focusing on, then you're going to find a way out of it, right? So you don't do it. And it's a beautiful thing 
because to manifest, you you literally create your own experience, which is amazing. I would love to create my own experience. You're telling me that I can be in charge of my entire life, right? But with that comes the accountability and the responsibility of it, of I have to focus my thoughts on what I want. You know, that's the the underlying part of it all is you have to consciously make an effort. And it's not something that is like a light switch, like, boom, oh, I can manifest. Yeah, great. And then it changes. You know, it's you constantly have to teach yourself, whoa, I am responsible. I am accountable for my own life. And this is something that whenever I'm teaching a soul cycle class, I don't really plan out what I say. I just kind of sense the energy in the room and things just come to me. But I mentioned this in the class the other day, and this goes back to saying I can't, like you mentioned before. What if you changed I can't to I choose? Yeah, I love that. Yeah, I mean, all of that's so powerful. So give it, give us an This might still sound weird to some people. Maybe it sounds weird to a lot of people, but it really is true. We do exercises for our muscles, right? And we mm-hmm. don't expect to be strong unless we do exercise. Um, and to learn how to do this with your mind, you have to practice. Mm-hmm. Um, so, tra- you know, training your mind to be able to pay attention to things that you choose mm-hmm. is a practice. And it's just like going to the gym. You get, you know, when you start it, because uh, I've tried this, maybe I could do it for two minutes and then you get a little bit better at it. And then you remember how to do it. The other thing that reinforces it is just having experience, like completing something that you thought you couldn't do. Mm-hmm. Now you know you can, and then you just develop that that trust and faith in yourself. So, yeah, I just, don't give up if you feel like it's difficult the first time mm-hmm. um, to choose to pay attention to things that will help you, that will be for you. So what's an example of something, you know, with a client or where something was manifested or you taught someone how to do this? Because yeah. I'd love to hear that, how that really works. Yes, it's honestly crazy. I've experienced it myself. So I'm I'm happy to share some stories, and I will say, there's a couple books out there too that I'll recommend. One is, I would say, if you're not quite sold on the manifesting idea yet, but you're kind of into the mindset shift, I would say read You Are a Badass by Jen Sincero. Mm-hmm. And then if you are kind of ready for that little bit of the woo-woo-ness, Super Attractor by Gabby Bernstein is a great read on the law of attraction and manifesting the life that you want. And actually something that I do with my clients, I am a life coach. I work primarily with business professionals, entrepreneurs, small business owners, people new to management, people looking for a job transition. And every time I speak to a client in a discovery call, I can tell right off the bat what kind of mindset they have. I'm not going to get this job. I'm not ready to manage people. My business is not going to make money this year. I don't know what I'm doing on social media. I'm bad at this. I'm bad at this. And really, it's not a matter of what am I doing wrong? Because they come to me for consulting and I end up coaching them from a mindset perspective first. It's not what you're doing wrong. It's what you're thinking wrong. Mm -hmm. If you don't think you can do something, then why are you trying? You are actually in conflict with your own self right? Why am I going to try and do things that I don't think I can do? And it's not just a matter of wanting it. You're not expecting it, right? My One of my things is expect good things, but really you have to expect good things to happen if not even you are expecting your business to succeed or your relationship to grow or to get a job interview nailed. Then why the heck would you expect 
it to pan out from anybody else involved in the situation, right? It starts with you. And so I, I offer a 90-day mindset makeover for business professionals where it's weekly coaching and a digital journal, but it's filled with mantras of shifting your mindset to, hey, if you're going to go into this action, whether it be starting your own business, hiring this person, applying for this job, don't take one action until you have adjusted your mindset first. So don't go into a job interview saying, hey, I'm really unqualified and I'm probably not going to get it because that is called a point of attraction, right? That is the energy that you're giving out. And energy is, you can pick it up Mm -hmm. and nobody can deny that. Yeah. I guess so funny because I've interviewed a lot of people over the years for various positions in my companies. And yeah, sometimes people just walk in the door and they might have a fantastic resume, but they don't have that confidence in themselves. Mm -hmm. I can, I can tell right away their energy is negative and immediately that makes me disinterested. My eyes glaze over. I just don't want to engage with that person. So energy is palpable. Yeah, it is palpable. You all know that, right? When someone walks in the room, sometimes the everything goes, yeah, it changes or, or the opposite. Yeah. Someone cares like, oh my gosh, that person was filled with light and they made me feel so good. That's a positive emotion behind good energy, right? Mm -hmm. Versus a negative emotion. Are you bringing negative emotions around with you everywhere? I can't do this. I'm not going to get this job. This person is not going to like me or whatever it is. So I have seen it. One, myself, I've been into this for about four years and my whole world completely changed. Four years ago, I was married, stuck in a nine to five and wanting to get rid of both of them actually. <laughs> so, and I did in the same month. It was crazy, but, um, it's a song for another time, but you know, you can't make these big moves and I'm not telling everybody here to go quit your job or go get divorced, but you're not going to be able to feel right about any of those decisions or have the strength and the bravery to follow through. If you don't actually believe it's going to happen, you know, no one's going to leave an unhappy relationship and say, like, oh, I probably will never find anybody else, you know, so I might as well just stay here. Well, that doesn't sound very fun. Mm. doesn't sound good. Yeah, that reminds me, when we, one of our other conversations, we were talking about how when you decide what you want, we were talking about how to get what mm-hmm, you want, mm-hmm. you have to believe that it's possible. I mean, because that just made such so much sense to me. I could, if there's something that you want, but you don't believe it's possible— I mean, just mathematically, that's not going to work. You, you, it's just, right. That, <laughs> I guess that's a good point because that would be your stopping point. You know, yeah. so we were kind of figuring out where does the stopping point come from? And it's probably different in every situation, but that is a, definitely a huge situation. I don't believe it exists, yeah. right? Or you can't see it. And I think that is something, you know, if we're trying to shift our thoughts towards basically law of attraction, manifesting in a nutshell, Focus on what you do want, not what you don't, right? Here, I'll ask you this. Any situation, worst case scenario, how quickly can you imagine that? Oh, quick. Right? Yeah. (laughs) Every detail. Every (laughs) little possible detail (laughs) of any situation and maybe a tangent spinoff of that situation, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Everything is going to shit. But if you flip the script imagining whatever it is you want, your best life ever, your best relationship ever, your best job ever and you're thinking about it, and you're starting to create the thought a little bit more, and then you're doing a little bit more, there is a stopping point where you don't let yourself imagine all these amazing things 
Because why? You feel silly. You feel selfish. You feel stupid. You're worried about how it's going to happen. You don't worry about that with a worst case scenario. You know, you're just mind goes there. It's like, why do we stop ourselves imagining good situations? Yeah, that reminds me of, I don't know why, but uh, part of it, I think, is just survival, isn't it? So we go with the worst case scenario because our animal brain is trying to protect us from dying, which could be also just getting embarrassed or failing or all the different ways that we are, you know, Mm -hmm. systems trying to keep us alive and not get into trouble. So we're, you know, we go straight for the negative and this is, you know, really powerful negativity bias that that humans have. But there's a thing that Brene Brown mentioned in um, one of her books called Foreboding Joy, which Mm, I think is so interesting about the fear of being joyful. And she described it in terms of when you have a little baby and you've got, oh, this, oh, this is such a beautiful baby. I'm so happy and joyful with my baby. I love my baby so much. And then mine goes straight into, oh my God, what if the baby dies or what if the baby's sick or what, Mm -hmm. you know, what if it happens? What if something happens? And that really does happen. That's almost a fear of being joyful. Right. Because uh, I think maybe for me, it's like you're afraid of falling from that place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, achieving um, it and then losing it. Right. I don't want to be too That's another one, yeah. happy because, you know, what, what goes away, that's I'm going to get really hurt. And people do this with relationships. They sabotage mm-hmm. relationships that are really good because um, it's almost like a preemptive strike, right? This is going just too well. So I'm going to up it up. When's the other yeah. shoe going to drop? They're waiting yeah. for basically things to go wrong. <laughs> right. And people do this. And um, I've certainly seen it happen where people intentionally sabotage things that are going well mm-hmm. because they can have control over the demise of the relationship rather than letting it happen right. oh, as a surprise. That's, mm, yeah, that's good. You'd rather preemptively make it happen. Because with, they feel more comfortable your, yeah. having control it's on your own over schedule. the schedule. Oh, right. hmm. That mm-hmm. just spoke to me. Mm-hmm. I know I have done that before. <laughs> I might have done that too. <laughs> I think I did that yesterday. <laughs> but yeah, this stuff can all be subconscious, but when it comes into consciousness, you get to be able to control it. So your life isn't just sort of happening to you, mm-hmm. right? As a victim, it, you know, my life's just happening to me. Like now in this scenario, you are creating it instead right. of being a, a to me person. It's your for me, by me person. This is happening yeah. by me. Maybe this is another thing. And, and this is why I love manifesting and consciously directing where your thoughts go, right? And if you're new to this, you're new to meditating because meditating does the same thing. It's it's not hard. You can start very easily. All you have to do is if you hear yourself say, I can't, or this isn't going to happen, or you find yourself in a negative emotion thinking about something that you don't want, all you have to do is choose again. You know, I am very careful about my I am statements because that's the most powerful thing you can ever say to and about yourself. I am this, you know, and I know a lot of people, I'm overweight. I catch myself saying that sometimes, but no, I'm not going to attract that. I'm going to choose again. I am strong and capable of a workout, you know, Mm. and that see how that changes the shift in power where it's like, no, I'm going to focus on what I, I am and what I truly am. And that is the difference between, as you know, you mentioned things just happening to you in life and bad things happening to you. You need to be intentional with your time, intentional with what you do and your actions, but intentional with your thoughts too. Because if you're not intentional with your life and every part of it, actions, thoughts, everything in between, you can end up with an accidental life. Mm -hmm. And I don't want an accidental life. I want an intentional life, right? Yeah, I mean, intention really, that's really the where everything starts. 
I think I took you off track when you were halfway through giving us an example of <laughs> manifesting. Yes. Tangents, I'm telling you. Yeah, it was just so interesting. Like uh, people might say, well, I can't just, you know, decide this is going to happen and make it happen. But tell us some ways that that actually is true. Okay. Um, let's see. I have been working with a client for about a year and she owns a business. And I will say started off being very accidental, unintentionally accidental with her thoughts and was making business decisions based off of fear, right? And we sat down and did a workshop and created the vision and figured out what she wanted. But there was that stopping point of, okay, we we now know we've had this amazing experience of knowing what you want, but everything that you're doing and you're saying is not in aligning with your vision, right? If if you're wanting this to happen in your company to expand, then you can't be thinking, you know, I'm not good enough for this. Or It, it came down to that stopping point, and, and everyone is different, was created from the the thought of, I don't deserve this, right? And that's where mm-hmm. um, Dr. Susan and I are both into the Enneagram. It's a personality test. And I do personality coaching based off of your personality type of figuring out, hey, where is the, where's the stopping point coming from? So we identified the stopping point. Yeah, I, I see this big vision, but it actually, my actions and my words, I can't do this. I'm not going to hire this person. I'm not going to make this move. I'm not going to do this offer. It all came down from, I don't deserve this. And your talk, it reflects that. And constant talk of, I don't deserve this. I'm not good enough. I don't know what I'm doing. We're going to stay small. That creates your experience, right? You will stay small, right? You'll stay small because Mm -hmm. you will only be listening to the voice that says, I don't deserve this. So we were able to go in and, and actually kind of figure out where that came from and then create new habits of and and through like lots of coaching and create a new mindset of no choose again you do deserve this why do you deserve this and what do you deserve focus on what you do deserve and like I said we've been working together for about a year and the company has grown it has gotten rid of toxic people who are keeping the company small and even just seeing the mindset of the business owner was just it's it's been very rewarding as a coach, but you can see it through results. You know, mm. the company's expanding. They're confident, hiring amazing people that she never thought she would, right? And it's really great to see, you know, you create what you think about and focus on. So I'm gonna challenge you as a listener. What are you spending most of your time thinking about? Is it a negative experience, a negative outcome? Is it worrying? What is it? Because if you're constantly finding yourself in a negative experience, I bet you it probably started with what you were thinking about. Mm, and, that's really true. Yeah. You know, that reminds me of another thing. In this book I wrote a couple of years ago, Sexually Woke, this actually applies, and I'm just thinking out loud, I've never thought about this before, the ways that you can actually manifest a better intimate relationship Mm because the book was about that. And the women who were interviewed for the book that had figured out how to do this, and we called them the sexually woke, one of the most important things that they all had in common was that they approached their relationship with intention Mm -hmm. and attention, which is slightly different. But so many of us, and I was 
married for 18 years and no longer with that person. So I clearly didn't pay attention and give it the attention that it needed. So I participated in the demise of that relationship for sure. Mm -hmm. But that being said, you know, going forward, I've now realized how important it is to, you know, treat a relationship like a living being that needs like daily care and thought and finding the things about that person that you adore and reminding yourself about those and letting the little idiosyncrasies go. You know, if we focus all the time on the little things that we can't stand, you know, obviously that's going to create a negative environment. Right. And if you focus on the little things more, they, in your mind, project as big things when really there's probably amazing other qualities that you could focus on, right? Focusing on what you want and what you don't want. That's a challenge. Catch yourself thinking about what you don't want. And I mean, I also, I don't know if you heard me. I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, I participated in the downfall of, of my marriage. You know, I, this was actually before I knew anything about this. And I definitely do not think I married the right person, but I think it probably would have helped myself at least during that whole process. But I know at, towards the end, I was not focusing on any positives. And guess what? Mm. You're not going to find them. Yeah, it's really true. Mm -mm. You can manifest a better intimate relationship. Mm -hmm. And if you read my book, you'll read about women who were able to do this. And I'm actually practicing with that right now, having a second chance. You know, we often screw it up the first time and many of us have been divorced and get to try this out now as adults with some new knowledge. But nobody is perfect. And we can choose to focus on the things about our person that we've chosen to spend time with. Think about the wonderful things, repeat those things, verbalize those things to the person, you know, give lots of affirmation and use, you know, really kind language and let the little shit go. Don't, mm-hmm. don't sweat the small stuff. Right. I mean, there, there are limits. Obviously, some relationships are not meant to be. Right. But and, I'm, I'm talking more about the ones that are just kind of blah, that right. need a little bit not, of fire not injected into them. where your safety is concerned or anything like that. <laughs> right. But so if you're just, in kind yeah. of a blah relationship, you know, what part of that am I responsible for? That's mm-hmm. a question that I've started being more comfortable asking myself because mm-hmm. it's really easy to blame stuff on other people, isn't it? But it is. <laughs> how am I contributing to this? And a lot of it is with this negative energy, mm-hmm. you know, believing that oh, it's not going to work or he's never going to be this or he's never going to do that or, you know, letting our intimate life just drift downward because we're not giving it positive attention. And right. uh, so, I mean, all of that comes to play, whether you're riding up a mountain or whether you're mm-hmm. just talking about having better friendships or closer, better sex with your partner or anything. Right. I think the biggest thing is, you know, believing that it exists, you know, the summit of that mountain existed and you thought about it. I'm going to make it to the top. I'm going to make it to the top. And you believed it was there. If you didn't believe it wasn't there, you would have not have cycled up that mountain. Right. But you believed it was there. I believe that my relationship can take a 180 right? I believe we're not too far gone. And you have to be open to that. And I know when I was getting divorced, I was not open to it. And I treat my relationships much differently now. But you have to be open and willing and you have to believe it exists. And how do you do that? Because sometimes we let this go on for a very, very long time and you kind of start to feel hopeless and you don't even remember, right? How can I imagine something that I can't even remember? Well, you just start. You work up to it. Start thinking about small things that you like about the person that give you that positive joy and excitement. And then you just build off of that. 
and you start to believe, don't stop yourself when you're imagining what would, you know, your most amazing life ever with this person look like or best ever, you know, sexual experiences with this person look like or, or friendships or whatever it is. What would that best life ever look like? And you just have to let yourself imagine it. And then, then you can start taking steps towards it. Again, intentional versus accidental. Because if you don't imagine it first and truly believe it exists, then what are you walking towards? Most of the time, you're walking in a circle. Yeah, I like that idea of the accidental life, and I'm sure that's what most of us do. But, mm-hmm. you know, just realizing that we are responsible. I am responsible for where I am now in my life. And right. I can't, I can't repair this relationship. No, change it. Mm-hmm. I choose not to repair this relationship, right? It's that's the accountability and the responsibility of your experience. But the most amazing thing is you can create it. You really, really can. I'm I'm uh, I just I so believe in this and because I've experienced it. And you can so choose what you create and just change that tiny little thing in your life. Next time you say I can't, uh, well, how would I feel if I said I choose not to instead. And mm-hmm. then then you start to see, hey, what do I really want here? And then you start to be open to it and can imagine it more. And Yeah, that's fairly powerful. I, I'm just thinking about like that I can't and changing mm-hmm. that into I choose not to because so I'm using my bike metaphor again yeah. when I was, you know, watching these other people and they seemed so much more capable. And, and I, I had a good long list of reasons why I couldn't do it. I've never ridden this bike. I'm not a man. I don't look like these people. They've probably been doing this for years. They're all French. All the re- I'm too old. I'm <laughs> all of these reasons. Yeah. And I was able to get myself out of it. But if I had known to say, I choose not to, I would have immediately realized that that was then a choice. Mm-hmm. I don't like to choose not to do something. I would have, that would have been a really great way to snap myself out of it. So that's a great habit. I'm going to do that. I don't want to choose not to do something. I would right. say, hell yeah, I'm, I'm going to choose to do it. Yeah. But and I can't is different. I hear all the time with my clients, I can't get this job. Okay. So say it again. I'm choosing not to get this job. Well, no, but I want this job. <laughs> right. Okay, great. Now we're on the right track. You want this job. How yeah. do we get you to actually expecting to get it? Let's work on that. Yeah, that's that's very. I just realized how that would work really well for me because mm-hmm. that does snap you out of it this snaps you out negative of it. Uh, trance that you're in. Yeah, because you can go down that rabbit hole, and mm. it can be never ending, and you can spiral mm. into that worst case scenario, right, or into a rut. Yeah, you know, the spiral is interesting. I do this, and I think we all do this. Once you've decided you can't do something, I start stacking up all kinds of evidence to support mm-hmm. myself, like I was just saying, like, well, I can't do it for these 10 reasons. And they're all really good reasons because I'm convincing myself. And yeah. it, it's very easy to do that. Uh, but you can do the opposite. Right. Just as easily. Like exactly. If, if I can create a list of all the reasons why I can't do it, I could write the opposite list. That's something I learned through the conscious leadership group that I did my coaching with this uh, way that we spiral negative thoughts and how we can create an opposite story. So one of the techniques that we use in that coaching modality is if somebody has a story, I can't do this, I can't get this job, I can't, or whatever the story is, to just tell an opposite story. So the Mm -hmm. coach would say, well, that's a good story. Just pretend you're an actress and tell me the opposite story. What's the opposite of that story? And you can ham it up and you can act and talk in a different voice or whatever because you may not feel like it's your authentic voice at first. So then you might say, in my example, I can ride up that mountain. Why shouldn't I be able to? I've mm-hmm. been doing Soul Cycle. I've got a really nice bike. 
I, I know other women have done it, so why couldn't I do it? And you kind of act crazy. But when, once you say that opposite story out loud, you realize there actually is an opposite story. I like that. And I like that a lot. It just sort of opens the door to, hmm, okay, maybe that story is a little bit much, but at least now there's a possibility in my mind that there is an opposite story. Right. That, that this I can't story isn't the only story there's more yes. to the story and all I mean and then these stories that we create about our future whether they be five minutes from now or five years from now both the good outcome and the negative outcome are equally untrue yes they're equally true they're equally potential to happen right and we believe one versus the other why is that you know this worst case crazy scenario that I've fabricated in my own mind out of fear, is very untrue, but I'm attached to it, shifting to that positive story. Like, why? Don't feel silly thinking about the positive story working out. I'm going to be embarrassed if it doesn't happen, or it's selfish to want all of this, or whatever it is. But let yourself create that amazing opposite story and believe in it. I love that. Yeah, uh, that's, that is a fun thing to do. And if you feel weird doing it, just do it in a different voice. Like, pretend it's not even you. Ham it up and make it sound silly and comical, and then it's easier to do because, you mm -hmm. you know, you can let go of your ideas a little bit more. But I think I was sort of taught growing up, like many of us, that hurts less to fall from a low place kind of a thing. Like mm -hmm. My mom was very much like that. Like, she, it's not her fault. She was conditioned this way. Like, you don't want to be – like, pride was very mm – -hmm. a terrible thing in our family. You didn't right. want to – compliment yourself or feel you know get a big head because you you know you might fall and right. so like staying low protects you from that right? fear but, of embarrassment and oh, failure yeah and, you, so you just don't put yourself at that risk by just staying down there but that's really not uh, you know we talk about living in our fullest aliveness that, that's a really sad way to spend this short number of years we have mm -hmm. so I think if we can see that that's happening and be like wow like, this is just humans doing what humans do our minds are doing what the minds do but we actually have much more control over it than we think we do we do and I think if there is um if you're new to this concept and start small you know just notice yourself just notice because awareness is the first part notice how many times you say I can't how many times you're thinking about the negative outcome just notice it and then when you're ready to maybe take that next step change I can't to I choose not to, oh, now I feel a different way about that, or notice, you know, I'm going to focus on this positive. What positive outcome can I focus on instead? And then you just focus on it and then just start with your thoughts and then the actions will come. Don't worry about how it's going to happen or what happens if it doesn't work out and just start with your mind first and then your actions will follow. And when you feel ready for it, you'll start to then implement some change in your into your life. And I would always recommend getting a coach for that because it's hard and it needs practice. Yeah. I mean, if it was easy, we'd all be doing it already, right? Mm -hmm. So this is something that it's great to get a coach. So you can find Mug at uh, Phoenix 8 Consulting in Houston. And that's a great idea. And then can you remind us the books that you suggested? Yes. Um, so I loved actually listening to the audibles because Jen Sincero is the funniest narrator ever. So it's Jen Sincero, You Are a Badass. And then she has a couple other books in the series. And then if you're ready for that next little woo-woo level, Gabby Bernstein's Super Attractor 
is really amazing to listen to, too. If you're more of a reader, I've read each two. They're great. And they all have different books and different series, but those are two great places to start. That's great advice. So you can find Meg at... Let's Create Your Fate on Instagram and letscreateyourfate.com, too, if it's easier to remember. Yeah, and- <laughs> which is all about what we've been talking about today. So do you have, like, a... We're almost at the end of your time, I know. Like a two-minute challenge for listeners, just a couple of easy things that they can do. I know you've been over a few just to start on this path of creating the life that you want. Yes. I think one thing I always have my coaches do is it's called the life I should have. And we've talked about shoulds and shooting on yourself Mm -hmm. and all the things. But if you stay on this path and you're in this negative mindset, write down that life what that's going to look like at the end, right? If you stay in there. And then that one's pretty easy, right? Very quickly. And then I would maybe wait a day or two, but the life I deserve to have, it's a lot harder to write. You're going to notice that. And you'll probably get stuck a couple places and you might feel some emotions behind that, but don't stop writing the life I deserve to have. And then Mm. you think about that as your driving motivational force and just take small steps towards that. It's small steps. You know, it's it's a practice. Whether you're new to this or I've been pretty dedicated to it for about four four or five years, or if you've been doing this for 30 years, there's no summit to self-growth. You're speaking of summits. It's a daily practice that you just constantly have to be in your own mind because you are in your own mind. So you might as well make it a great space to be in. Well, that's a great point to end on. Well, it's so great to have you here again. Oh, my gosh. I'm so excited to be here. Next time I come on, the voice will be better. But we had important things to say. So thanks for still having me on. And Mike's going to be starting her own podcast soon. I am. It's called Create Your Fate Podcast. So stay tuned for that. Can't, Can't wait for that. Yes. And Dr. Susan, you will definitely have to come on my podcast and be a guest. Can't wait. Can't wait. Well, we'll talk to you again soon, I'm sure. Perfect. All right. Thank you. 